Testing, testing, one, two, three. Yes, Griff, obviously. It's episode 31, Griff's Brain Dump. How are you doing, people? You good? I'm back in the car. Back in the car because I'm about to be heading to some studios in West London to record a video about attitudes towards marriage. Um, it's going to be very fun. It's going to be me, two of the ESN guys, and the ladies from the On The Low podcast we're going to be miss audrey b so i'm just doing this quickly before i head down there um if you don't listen to on the low podcast you see your vet henry she hates blacks <laughs> i should put a disclaimer there if you don't know who vet henry is she is black herself and um she's already been cussing us about us being late and we're not even late yet so i can't be late I cannot be late i've got to be there on time um, but yeah, as week me people, that is good. It's been a good week. The weather's been decent, I think. It's been all right. It's been all right. Um, what happened last weekend? What? Oh, it was, it was carnival last weekend, wasn't it? All of that. I completely forgot. Yeah, I didn't go uh, to carnival at all. However, I did manage to go to two carnival after parties. That's the type of guy I am. Um, I don't go to the actual main event, I go to after parties, cool guy, um, which was drunken, and um, yeah, I think I had a hangover all weekend, it was just a blur, Friday night out, Saturday night out, Sunday night out, Monday I was just feeling sorry for myself, I was just eating vegetables and fruit, I felt super sorry for myself, because like an idiot, I let my phone run out of battery, didn't I? on uh on sunday night meaning i couldn't get uber home and i ain't paying 60 quid for a cab no so um while i waited for the bus i went to mcdonald's and you know as i said in last week uh it's it's uh well actually went to mcdonald's expecting there to be like the normal menu it was breakfast menu already that's how late out i was and um, doing this whole not eating red meat thing makes it very difficult to order off the McDonald's breakfast menu. And uh, so I end up having an egg McMuffin and two hash browns. Then I missed my bus. And the next bus was in eight minutes. So naturally I went back to McDonald's and got another egg McMuffin and two more hash browns. Did I feel good about it? No. I felt dreadful. The next day it's just like my body was like, you've poisoned me. You've poisoned me, Darren. But obviously it wasn't the alcohol. It's always something else, right? I think I've said this on the podcast before. It's never the alcohol when you feel bad the next day. Oh, yeah, I drank 10 pints yesterday. But those chips I had from that takeaway, they must be dodgy because I felt terrible today. Oh, yeah, I, just, I, was just, I think I drank like half a bottle of rum yesterday. Yeah, but it's just when I went outside, it was the fresh air. Yeah, I've been breathing fresh air all my life, but yesterday, that air was different. No, it was nothing to do with the alcohol. It was the fresh air. Trust me. We always do it. It's nuts. <laughs> but um, that was my Sunday and my Monday, and then back to work. Oh, man, work's been stressful. Work has been really stressful. Like, not anyone's fault. You know, um, a four-day week... Everyone works in any kind of professional... It's not professional, any four-day week, right? If your job isn't done on the like, daily basis, just the same stuff, like, say, for example, working in a shop, 
things don't really carry on to the next day. But if you've got like tasks that carry on, having a four day week is not good. Because all that means you have to do five days worth of week, five days worth of work in four days. Right. That's all that happens. Everything just gets squashed together. And it was just dreadful, man. It was really stressful. I think so much so. I've got this um, got this growth on my eyelid that I've actually linked with stress. It actually comes up when I'm the most stressed. Um, so it's just weird. So I might need to... Don't know, maybe I have an underlying issue here. Doesn't seem right, does it? To have some kind of inflammation that's stress-related. That, that, that I've said it out loud. That that's definitely worthy of a trip to the doctors. <laughs> but I, like an idiot, I don't have a local GP. My GP's still out in Essex and Harlow. So if I need to book an appointment, I have to book on the same day. So I'm gonna just let this thing grow. Have a third eye. Why not? But um, what has been going on this week? Because that has really been my week. Um. I didn't gig in the week at all. No. Um, I did the Midweek Under Lights podcast with the Leds on Wednesday. I gigged yesterday, actually. That was um, a surprise gig. I didn't know I was going to be on that. I was replacing someone else. But it was a very fun gig at the Arbor City Hotel on Brick Lane with Kevin J, Travis J and Babatunde. It was very, very fun gig. Um, One thing that happened that was flipping crazy, right? Urban gig, black gig, whatever you want to call it. I go to the crowd. Hey, Jamaicans in the crowd, make some noise. There was about 50 people in that room. One. One person made the noise. One. I don't understand how crazy that is. Anywhere where there's black people, there's Jamaicans. I was shocked. You could literally go to Nigerian Independence Day and you say, hey, Jamaicans, make some noise. You would hear noise. Trust me. As I was shocked. It completely threw me off my rhythm of my joke. Um, but yeah, I, I reacted well to it because I was like, what? Really? Uh, it was nuts. It was crazy. But it was a fun gig. Uh, did that yesterday. I came home, I didn't go out to drink. I was annoyed. One thing I was annoyed about yesterday, though, not at the gig, it's because I couldn't go to see Junior Booker's one-man show. I was scheduled to do that, to go and watch him uh, perform. I saw some clips of it. It looked great. Uh, I'm so gutted I didn't get to see it, man. Um, Yeah. And it's just like... When you're coming up as a comedian, someone offers you paid work, you, you kind of have to go for the paid work. And he's a new promoter, so it's just I had to put myself in the shop window for that. Um, yes, that was the only downside of my week, actually. I didn't get to see Junior's show. Uh, hopefully, he recorded it. I don't know if he recorded it. I need to check with him. But, hey, my week has been good in general. So, hope your week's been good as well. Hey? Hey? But, um,. One of the things I saw on Saturday night, no, Sunday night, sorry, uh, before I went to the two after parties, uh, we was in Dirty Martinis in Hanover Square. Now, what is hilarious is, right, men, when we get drunk, we are very used to being kicked out of places. 
You know, it's just like, it's almost part and parcel. And Bill Burr's made this point as well, that we don't get too angry in certain situations because we know there's a realistic chance we can get punched in the face. So when the bouncer says, all right, mate, you have to leave now. Like, what? What for? What have I done? It's like, no, you're way too drunk. He said, no, no, I'm not. I'm not. And then, you know, you stumble and you fall flat on your face and you have to get up and go, all right, no, fair point. All right, I can't just at least get my coat and bag first. You know? <laughs> yeah, just take it. Take it. Where is, um, where is that side of martinis? And see this group of girls coming out and she's like, oh my God, I cannot believe they've asked me to come outside and sober. I'm, I'm not even drunk. I'm not even drunk. And that's like her, just two of them at this point. Then another three come out from the crew and they're all trying to carry their drinks outside. And the bouncer's like, you can't bring your drinks outside. They're like, oh, no, it's all right. We're just, we're not going to drop them. It's like, put your drinks down. Like, oh my god, I just can't believe they're so they're so like I don't know what what they're like in here. I just can't believe it. Am I too drunk? Getting confirmation and affirmation from her equally drunk friends. They're like, no, you're not. You're not why are they picking on me then? It's like, wow, this really is this is this how is this the worst it's got for you in your life? This is what I love about privilege. Uh, is this the worst it's got for you in your life here? You've rightfully not even been kicked out. You've just been asked to sober up. No one's manhandled you. You just walked up the stairs politely and had the drink taken from you. And she was like, I can't believe it. I can't believe how I've been treated. It's like, get over yourself, love. Get over yourself. But you know, but when you're in a privileged position, it gives you free time to do other things, you know? Fuck around with wild animals and get killed. That kind of shit. Cry over Big Ben. Shutting down for maintenance. That kind of shit. Or, dressing up as a pirate in Penzance. Did anyone see that this week? No? Why? Because you had real shit going on in your life? Yeah, probably. Look, this is mad. So, there is a world record attempt that's currently held by, um, let me get the article up, it is, uh, who's it held by? Hastings. Ah, yes, they battled with Hastings. (laughs) Good one, newspaper, good one. And, um, basically, in Penzance, they're trying to compete. And it's like the record is 14,231 pirates in one place. Now, you lot are thinking, right, uh, what, what's uh, defined as a pirate? Basically, you have to have two items of clothing that are kind of associated with pirates, like a hook and an eye patch, a hat and a beard. And they all have to gather at one time. So you've got to understand this, right? 14,000 people have descended onto Penzance. To get this record. Because they feel like they're owed. They have like some kind of right to this record. Because Penzance are where pirates are from. Or something. And then they had the record. And Hastings put together an effort. Broke the record. And Penzance has failed twice before to try and break it. And do you know how why they keep on uh, failing? Because a number of people. Keep on refusing to leave the pub. 
<laughs> You've come down to Penzance dressed as a pirate for one thing. For this stupid record attempt. And when it comes to the actual event, you're too pissed to take part. That's brilliant. That's like the most British thing. <laughs> I think that's fantastic, man. And um, yeah, that's what that was what they do. And like I said, that just epitomised privilege to me. That did. Whereas, um, while all that's going on in the world, there was some crazy shit going on, like North Korea. That's a mess. I've actually started paying attention to that now. You know, when you start launching missiles over countries and the bloody emergency service kind of war sirens start going off, right? North Korea fired a missile and it flew over um, the second biggest island in Japan. Was it Hokkaido? That's not being read from anywhere. If I've got that right, I'm a genius. And um, he, Kim Jong-un fired a missile, set off all the alarms in in Japan. People had to rush into buildings, underground bunkers. They thought they were under attack. Literally thought war was happening. And it dawned on me, right? If war actually popped off in the UK, like bomb dropped from the sky, from planes or... You know, surface-to-air missiles, whatever. I don't know how I'd react to the noise. Like, I don't know what that noise is. Because I've seen how people react to fire alarms, right? Like, they'd be in the middle of work, in the job that they don't like, they hate it. Fire alarm goes off. People are like, oh, my God. I bet it's a drill. I mean, this better be a real fucking fire, because if it ain't, I'm going to be angry, because I've got work to do. Can't really afford to be sat outside for 20 minutes if this ain't a real fire. And that's how people are. That's how we rush to work in the morning. Just pushing past people to get to a place we don't even want to be. So then if a war siren went off, people are like, ah, for fuck's sake. What is that noise? I'm trying to watch TV. Trying to watch something on YouTube. Bloody sirens going off. John, oh, what? All right, all right, check out window. Our kid, check out window. What? Where that, where's that bloody noise coming from? You what? Mushroom cloud? Where? Oh, fucking hell. Oh, God. All right, kids, what? We've got to go. We're under attack. It, no, you, you watch YouTube later. We've got to go. Oh, <laughs> it's like, how would he react? We're, like, the panic would be so late. We'd be fucked. I think you need drills. Or is this country that arrogant if it never be bombed? Only countries with like brown and black and yellow people get bombed. And beige, beige colour as well. Only those countries get bombed. <laughs> right? Not countries like this. America. Anywhere in Europe, you don't you don't get those bombs like that nowadays. It's not gonna happen. This country has wars, but in other countries. So is, that, is that what it is? Was just that arrogant? Like, what is the system? Does it come over the news? Because it can't be the news. Because what if you are on the road, you're in the middle of a field? You need some kind of siren that goes off. That air raid siren. <laughs> I'd be like, what? I don't know. I just won't be ready for it. 
would you? Hey, eh? uh, Trump's come up with stuff about North Korea. Uh, one of the quotes he says he's he's upset at the contempt North Korea has shown for its neighbours. Pause. For the guy who's trying to build a fucking wall and to make his very neighbours pay for said wall. <laughs> I bet he said that about a hint of irony. None at all. I said that war's mad. All of us are mad. See about what happened in the Oval? Cricket. Game got called off to in Surrey and Middlesex, the London derby. Lords versus the Oval. Uh, yeah, is that the Oval? Game got called off because of uh, some, uh, a weapon being fired from the crowd. Or from the outside the stadium into the stadium, actually. What was that weapon, people? Remember, this is South London. Was it a gunshot? No. Did someone dash a knife into the crowd? No. Crossbow. Bow and arrow. Strongbow. Cider. Someone fired a crossbow from outside the stadium into the stadium. See how South London are always trying to stay cutting edge when it comes to violence? Can't knock them. Can't knock them. <laughs> oh, dear. They're going to fire a crossbow. It's that medieval weaponry, man. It's like being attacked by a mace. I just think it, I think it does create more carnage and frenzy. And it makes the person, the attacker, seem a bit more mad the older the weapon is. I mean, if someone goes on a rampage with a gun, it's like, yeah, yeah, he's he's mad, but he, he may have been angry. I want to know what caused that anger. That's what you think. Like, I wonder what caused that anger. He may be just snapped. When someone's got, like, a crossbow, a mace, I mean, a hammer... I'm not talking about like your DIY hammer. I'm talking about, you know, like a like force hammer. If you're running around the streets with those kind of medieval weaponry, that's when you don't even ask why they did it. You know they're crazy. That's how you judge how crazy someone is. The weapon of choice they use. The more effort in the murder, the crazier they are. Fact. Now, you know, I can't... You know, it's only someone... Someone of a of the medical profession could diagnose that, but I think they are absolutely mad. <laughs> oh dear! But yeah, like I said, I'm gonna keep this podcast short. Is this still recording? Oh no! Yeah, it is. Whew. Shat my pants. But um, yeah, it's still recording. Twenty, 20 minutes in. Right. One thing I saw this week of a random one it was the top 20 office gripes office moans yeah what do you think number one was of office moans number one office moan is getting a phone call as you're leaving the office that's the number one moan for people see this is where human beings are thick as shit you know you're annoyed at the phone ringing. Why? Because I imagine you're going to pick up the phone. Has it ever occurred to you to not pick up the phone? It's like people have no sense of empathy. When I say empathy, I'm not talking about feeling bad when someone else feels bad. No, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about just putting yourself in someone else's shoes. 
If someone is ringing you, they cannot see you. All they have is the sound of a ringing phone. They don't know if you're there. They can assume you're there. They can assume you're looking at the phone ring and going, oh, fucking hell, I ain't answering this. They can assume all they want. But as long as you don't pick up the phone, there is no confirmation that you are near your phone. Yet you have something else to do after work. And rather than just go and do that shit, you know, it could be something crazy like go the fuck home and spend time with your family or in your house, sit on that sofa that you're still paying for. Instead of doing that, you go, can't believe my phone's ringing at this time. And then you pick it up. You're like, oh, fuck your phone. Can't believe they're ringing me. Hi, welcome to blah, blah, blah. It's so-and-so speaking. Just like you change your voice. They're like, oh, hi. I'm surprised to catch you this late at work. I was calling with an off chance there. See, now you're stuck in a conversation that they didn't even expect to have. If anything, they were probably told to call you. And they're like, oh, please don't pick up. Please don't pick up. So you've got someone ringing you who didn't want you to pick up. You've picked up a call that you didn't want. And you've got two people having a conversation that neither of them wanted. And now because you're trapped doing this kind of poker face thing of, right, I can't seem disinterested in this call. I've got to remain professional. You both put in this same fake amount of effort that means that a five-minute phone call has now lasted 25 minutes because none of you on the show, neither of you wanted the phone call. And that is why humans are stupid. And that is why when people call me, I will shamelessly stare at the phone. Fuck it, I will text you mid-phone call to say, what do you want? I'll end your phone call with my text. Hey, what do you want? Just trying to ring you. Are you available to talk? No. What is it? How come you can text me back but you can't talk? I'm in the meeting. What is it? I'll call you after. When does the meeting end? I'm not telling you when the meeting ends. I don't want to pick up the phone. I'll call you if I want to talk to you. Alright? I'm antisocial like that. <laughs> well, no, it's just a weird office gripe, man. That people have. Phones. Nah, I don't know. But um, before I end the podcast, I saw one thing this morning. My nearest petrol station, sir. I don't know, actually, I'm not mentioning the petrol station. They don't pay me. Fuck them. And um, I went to the petrol station and I saw on the I, the freezer a three, um, free Magnum ice cream for every premium car wash you have. So it's okay. The ice cream is worth £2. The premium car wash is worth £9. So, alright, value-wise, totally fair. Get it. However, practicality-wise, that's one of the worst things to be offered. Because to get your car washed, that means you're driving your car, right? Right. Meaning, I don't really have hands to be dealing with something like an ice cream. Not just any ice cream, an ice cream... That melts quite quickly on the inside and is coated by some of that flakes all over the place. So you've just got the outside of your car washed just for you to fuck it up with a Magnum as you're trying to drive and eat it at the same time. Have you ever tried eating a Magnum sat still? It's hard. You need skill and concentration. Each time you bite to a Magnum, you think, oh, I'll just bite the top. The whole side just falls apart. And now you've got to be eating it all differently. You now have to get all intimate and sexual with the Magnum. 
Imagine that while driving. Imagine losing your life. Because you're eating a magnum. A free magnum. That petrol station go fuck itself. <laughs> um, hey, man. That is, um, that is nearly the end of the podcast. I just remembered one more thing I wanted to talk about. See, um, I'm not. I, I don't do the segues out of the ESA guys. They they have nice little segues. I just jump from topic to topic because I do whatever the fuck I want. Um, do you see the floods in in America? Hurricane Harvey. That looks crazy. No, I haven't really followed it too much. Um, as noticed, it looks really bad. There's floods, but um, one thing. That did stand out to me was Trump and Melania going down there. See the people. Now, did you actually see what they were wearing when they got down there? Melania was wearing like these four inch heels. Uh, Donald Trump was wearing like white chinos with suede shoes. Now, I don't know what their attitude is to their clothes, but something tells me. You ain't really going to be getting involved when you're dressed like that. I don't think you are. Not one part of you thinks you're getting involved. Apparently later on, they they changed. Um, Well, actually, no, Trump didn't change his shoes. Um, Lanya put on just a pair of Stan Smiths. White, crisp Stan Smiths. Again, I don't think they're getting too involved, too near what's going on there. And the thing that topped it off, right? Is what they're wearing. They're wearing hats. Donald Trump was wearing a hat that had USA on it. You know, like he's some kind of fad. Like that's gonna make someone who's lost their house feel better. Just like USA, USA. Like that's the team. USA is America versus the weather, and America will win. It's just like no, you can't chant your way through weather. You can't shout down a storm. Isn't how it works, okay? He had a USA hat. What hat did Melania have on? Flotus. She had a Flotus hat on. Do these guys think they're in fucking Disney, lad? Why are you wearing souvenir clothing? Novelty hats. I'm surprised he didn't have a t-shirt on with an arrow pointing towards Donald saying, oh, I'm with this idiot. Like, what is going on? You're going to a disaster zone. You may as well wore like the Mickey Mouse hats, the ears and the hands. Oh, hello! To say, <laughs> oh, you lost your house. Oh, oh no! Like, it's it's just was so inappropriate, man. I didn't even do the stereotypical like politicians when they're meeting real working class people. You know, they do the thing where they take off the tie, take off the cufflinks, and roll up the sleeves. I'm one of you guys. They've all done it. Even our favourites. Obama does it. Cameron, Blair, Brown. All of them did it. Not sure how the women's equivalent of that. The rolling up your sleeves look. Now, Mike Ashley did it. I know he's not a politician, but he's, you know, he's trying to show he's at the same levels of people. When he went to the... When he went to that plant, the sports direct plant, up in, like, somewhere up north. He went to the, into the plant to actually show, yeah, I'm mucking in. Roll up the sleeves. 
Yeah, he had two grand in cash with £50 notes in his pocket. But that doesn't matter. He's still one of us. <laughs> anyway, right, that is the podcast. I better go because Henry will kick my ass. So, guys, I'll catch you later. Um, have a good week, people. Have a good, good week.